It is Sunday the 22nd of March and it's Mother's Day. Uh, It's now, I think, 12 days, if I remember correctly, since the World Health Organization declared a pandemic in response to the growth of COVID-19, a form of coronavirus which is rapidly spreading and killing. Um, There have been 35,000 additional people diagnosed with COVID-19 in the past 24 hours. The death toll currently sits at about 14,000, which is twice as much as it was um, just on St. Patrick's Day, when there was 7,000. In addition to that, there's about 1,038 people in Ireland who've contracted the disease and been tested positive, and I think six deaths as well. Um, There seems to be a growing feeling that Um, in Britain and Ireland we haven't moved fast enough that social distancing isn't being taken seriously enough Um, last night uh, Britain followed in the wake of Ireland's uh, lead a few days ago in closing down all pubs clubs, restaurants and bars and lots of other places have been ordered to shut as well and it really feels like um, people kind of don't know what to do with that information um The point for me of making these recordings is very much to think back in the future, uh, to look at the way in which um, people make decisions when they don't have access to all of the necessary information and when it's difficult to make uh, rational predictions about outcomes. And one of the decisions that we had to make today was about whether to go outside. So yesterday, Kira had said, are we going to go outside today? And we became aware that she knew that we, that we were um, isolating, that we were sort of housebound. And so, oh, I'm tired. Oh, I'm very tired. And so, we took her out. Um, I took her out to uh, go for a little walk and promised her she would see the ducks. So I told her that we would go and see the ducks and walked her down to the canal above the wetlands. But she fell asleep before we could actually show her the ducks. So I just brought her back. Um, But today we planned a picnic. It was a beautiful sunny day, uh, but very windy and cold. So we put together a nice little picnic and we went out walking. But just as we were leaving to go walking, Rachel noticed a post on social media, which was from uh, someone who lives in one of the many nice fancy apartments that overlooks the Walthamstow Wetlands, which is London's um, biggest parkland area. Um, and I believe maybe the biggest wetland area, urban wetland area in England, Europe, I don't know, somewhere. And they were complaining about the fact that they'd never seen the wetlands so busy and that basically everybody and their dog quite literally were out and it's it's kind of obvious for the reason for that there's nowhere else to go if people can't go to pubs clubs restaurants and so on then they're going to have to go to the park they're going to have to go to those open spaces and then it showed up on the news as well because Boris Johnson was um, rambling on about all his plans and he said you know fresh air alone isn't going to give you immunity and we do want people to 
be out getting exercise and stuff. But the problem is there in some places, London in particular, there's there's limited number of places where you can go and like sit on grass or let your dog loose or um or safely let a two year old walk about. So this poses a problem and here's a decision to make. You know, what is too crowded an area? Is it safe to walk past people? Because this disease seems to be so infectious. So highly infectious. So is it okay to just walk past people or is that a, is that a real hazard? So, I mean, we took some precautions. We were careful about the route that we took. Uh, we picked a spot near the canal that was secluded. Some people came past us and their dogs approached us, but the people didn't. We saw some of our friends. They kept a good... 15 meter distance and we just sort of called across to each other and uh, exchanged the time of day really and that was about it took some dental wipes with us in case we needed to dental wipe things down and I think increasingly over the next couple of weeks as people begin to feel the cabin fever even more closely and acutely and that question of when do I go out what constitutes acceptable socialising uh, becomes a thing um, and already we're finding alternatives so doing a lot more FaceTiming there's a, a phone app called House Party where you can sort of do you can, you can create virtual rooms and do a virtual house party uh, which has become a big thing and we're all just finding uh, new and innovative ways to keep in touch um, other than just phoning and texting which can get a bit tedious actually What are you playing with? This What is it? Mommy My toy What toy is it Kira? It's stuck on my finger <laughs> What do you do with it? You say cheese? Is it a camera? Yes. Will you take a picture of me and you? Yes, but we did do a picture. So, you can do a picture of me for now. Okay. And mommy and daddy and my little brother. Mommy's telling me, say cheese. Cheese. Brother. Where's your little brother? Mummy's tummy like this. <laughs> He's in mummy's tummy like this. No, like this. Oh, like that. Okay. When's he going to come out? Soon. Soon. When is soon, Kira? We're finishing now. We're finishing now? Yes. Okay. We're just finishing them off in the oven, are we? Yes. Okay. It's nearly baked. Yes. Yeah. You, you, you need, you, you need some someone's phone. So the sort of extent of social distancing that people are capable of and willing to adhere to is a big part of the debate everywhere at the moment. 
and there's this um, clip from Channel 4 News, I think it is, that's been doing the rounds, um, and it's a specialist, Professor Hugh Montgomery, who's talking about the way in which this particular coronavirus, COVID-19, compares to um, seasonal flu, like winter flu. And he says, basically, if you get the flu, uh, you'll pass it on to like 1.3, 1.4 people. So like nearly one and a half people on average. Um, that's how many people you'll pass it on to in the space of your illness. And what that, what that means is then that, near, that average of nearly two people um, will pass it on to the next bunch and then they'll pass it on to the next um, person. And by the time that's happened 10 times, you get 10 uh, times uh, the generations of flu, um, you get 14 people. And so uh, that's, that's a big deal. But with coronavirus, you pass it on to three people. So if you put 10 layers of there, then you're infecting 59,000 people. And so the difference between the 10 layers of 14 and 59,000 are obviously huge. Uh, but what that does mean is that if you have so, some social distancing in between, then you, you dramatically lower that number. And the problem with people accepting all of that is that most of that passage is, goes unrecognized and all of it's pretty invisible because people have a latency period where they don't know that they have the virus, they might have it very mild, they might pass it on even without getting infected in the case of surfaces and so on. And so basically like nobody really knows who's passing on the virus and, and how and how often. And so everybody has to make a decision about when they go outside, who do they talk to, who do they have communication with, uh, who do they stand close to, and so on. And, you know, I was, I, uh, I was just thinking about uh, my, my work, and we're, we've got kids who have to come in, and we've got staff who have to come in, but even though they're all in the building together, they're still trying to keep people apart. And at the same time, you have people crowding into tubes. You get people in other workplaces that haven't been closed down. You get supermarkets in particular are still really full. People cramming into big queues, and there there's increasingly a backlash against those people. But really, it appears to be that the state hasn't really taken a strong enough lead on this, um, and the the messages have been mixed. And Boris Johnson basically saying, "Well, if you don't do this, we'll we'll crack down." Whereas they they haven't really been clear to just say, you know. Um, nobody should go out, outside and in fact the, most, the, the clearest statement I've seen so far was from a group of um, uh, intensive care unit workers uh, in a hospital in Ireland who one after the other just looked at the camera and very solemnly explained their job role and said please stay at home just stay at home and everybody literally said stay at home stay at home stay at home stay at home so we all try to stay at home but I think for everybody staying at home is, is difficult if that's not what you're used to because so much of everything that you want to do and everything that you get up for involves in some way going outside or getting something from outside and so it's a remarkably difficult thing to imagine your life uh, confined almost like a prison uh, and it's going to be tough as the days go on and it's getting days are getting longer class go forward next week it's sunnier it's drier and we've got five days of sunshine on the way and people, it's like a mini heat wave, and people are going to want to hit the beach. No joke. It's going to be that sort of early spring, almost taps off weather, uh, bag of cans weather, and 
who knows what kind of social loafing is going to go on in these circumstances and what horrendous price uh, we all, particularly the most vulnerable, might pay for that. And all that's left to say is that we are the most successful species on the planet and this is a piece of RNA and we're going to destroy it.